So, Commonwealth Kentucky Project Inspiration. As everyone knows, 2020 was a rough year for everyone. And so I hate to complain that mine, mine was, in the grand scheme of things, nothing. But I was in a bad place. It had been a rough year for a variety of reasons. The main, the loss of my mom. And after a year, after knee replacement, COVID, bad election, everybody's got stuff going on. At the year anniversary of her death, my father gave me one of her journals. And I love this journal. <laughs> and I opened it up, and one of the first things I read, she had written at the bottom of this page, she had just written, what are you doing with your privilege? And it just hit me across the face. I thought, I had been feeling sorry for myself. And other than being a mother and a wife, my greatest privilege is that I get to be an artist, and I get to do something that I love. And so that just sort of started, planted the seed in my head. I was like, what could I do with my art? What could I do with my art to honor my mom? My mom was the best at teaching me that we're all, at the end of the day, the same, and we're connected. And is there was there some way I could use my art to demonstrate that? So I had this idea. I was like, what if I paint people? What if I, I wanted to challenge myself? So I just, I had this idea, and I could not shake it. I would think about it walking the dog. I'd think about it when I was brushing my teeth. And the grocery store, like, it would not leave me. And finally, one day, Beth comes over, and we're, I'll, I'll never forget, we're sitting at the kitchen counter, and I just said, and I think I had written it in my journal. I think I opened up my journal, and I showed you. I was like, I've had this idea. I cannot shake it. And I told her, I think I want to paint people. What if I paint people of Kentucky? And with that, Beth goes, oh, my God, I love it. We will call it the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Two words to show the wealth of the people of Kentucky. Like, it was, a, it was immediate. And I have to say, this project, the way over a year, it would not what it would not be what it is without Beth's intelligence and creativity and her GSD. <laughs> well, <laughs> and that's, the, and that's yeah. the truth. Well earned. Well, well earned. Reason, you know, honestly, I, I was not looking for a project at that time, but when she told me, it just hit me. It was just like, it's what we need. We need to do this. I really felt like it was an imperative. And then, you know, Jill is, she kind of personifies the whole project because she's such a connector. Yes. So emotional. And just so, I mean, such a feeler and and has really um, rounded out the experience. I just loved how it's grown organically and we've... It Lord just, knows we've learned a lot. Yes. How not to record people <laughs> and how not to guide them and in how, interviews or talk over to, them <laughs> and how to listen and not interject. And so, I, I love I, y'all are, are recon, I don't know if y'all recognize, but there's an interconnectivity that you were wanting to find in others, Kelly, and you've made that with Beth in an instant, and we've made it with seventy people. And, it's very layered, and I love that about it. It's not just the idea. It's the connection with people. The mission statement that Joe gave us is just absolute universal truth. And every single person, like I keep waiting for there to be one who doesn't validate the mission, mm-hmm. but everyone comes through every time. Every, it's phenomenal. It everyone really has, has gotten to that point to state a beautiful truth of Joe. And it has been one of the most fun, spiritual, fulfilling journeys that I've done in, in my life. They've been so generous with their stories and going deep. And I've loved to watch the emotion on their faces as they go through their own highs and lows and how it's brought them to this point in their life. How many times have people walked out of the room and we've all looked at each other and just taken a deep breath and said, 
wow. Yeah, every time. That was amazing. And I feel like I have 70 new best friends. <laughs> you want? No. I feel like they're family or an old friend, like I've known them forever. I'm not kidding. Like, you feel this. I have, you do. I've felt this connection. And I. But that's what intimacy is, right? I yes. Mean, it's, it's knowing someone. Well, and they've been, they've put themselves in a vulnerable position. Yeah. I mean, I'm staring at them and measuring their face. I, I yeah. get people's reactions when I start measuring. Some people get tickled <laughs> and they're like, what is she doing? Like, or measuring their head with the big caliper. You know, they. Or you point at them with yeah. the <laughs> Okay, also, I, I'm going to go off on a little tangent here of being a little hippy dippy. <laughs> We're there. We're with a you. Little go. Little hippy dippy. All of. These little moments that we've had, whether it was the Cardinals sitting out on the tree in a freezing cold February day with Father Norm, and my mother loved Cardinals, and it's, and it's not just my mom. I mean, these are just these things that Les Stapleton taking us in four wheeling all the way up to this. I thought we were not know where he. We were not on. We were not on anything that was considered to be a road. No, I, that truck I thought was may go off the mountain. <laughs> And we set up on this beautiful mountaintop, and you're looking over this view, and a bald eagle flies over. And, I mean, it's just these moments that were spiritual, that felt, you know, you're part of nature, you're connecting with another human being. And those... Well, Bill Grimes, when we're sitting oh, on that barn. Oh, my which gosh. Just, just the setting alone was just incredible. You know, you're painting outdoors from life, and he starts reiterating... Maslow's hierarchy and things that we had just been talking about the night before after drinking a little bit of wine. <laughs> and then it was so weird. And then see, there were moments that were just mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. And just that to me was has been such a gift. Being present with another person, I think about how often we go through life and we're all in a hurry. We're all in a rush. You're going a million miles an hour. And how often do you sit down across from another person for two to three hours? And then you listen. Like, you listen to them. Not interrupting. I find myself going, oh, wait, when I was five, you should have heard what happened to me. It's an honor. Right. And you, then, how often yeah. do you have the honor to no. get to listen to someone's story? And, and then really... all the little connections that you make or something that reminds you of, I think I tried to say earlier about these moments of grace that connected me to my own self, but really made me connect with one another. And with you girls, too. Not just the participants, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I really miss those connections. And so when you brought this to me, it's almost like I didn't know that that's what I was yearning. That's what I was longing for. But my heart knew it. And that's why I so quickly said yes. And we know Jill yearns for that every day. So (laughs) (laughs) That's all I need in life. That's all I need is validation. I feel like you were the one that really, the life that it grew into in the sense that you were like, okay, Kelly, we got it. You were were, going to paint them. Yes. And then we started asking them quite, and then you're like, oh my gosh, we have to start recording them. I think people found power in multisensory experiences and just... Writing the human story is great. Painting the human story is great. You know, listening to a podcast about a human story is great. But if you can bring all three of those mediums together into one experience, kaboom. The the part of the project that I wish we could do more with is people who are going to come to the exhibition and see the community that you have painted for them 
and listen to the two minute sound bites. What I wish is that you know we could put it all together and everybody could hear everything. But what we can do is we can talk about some of the things that we've learned, some of the universals, some of the things that connect people across the board. I have always craved connection with people and I've always loved looking people in the eye and learning from people to understand their background story, their goals in life that they had and how they have either achieved them or did not and understood and gained wisdom from that. Somebody said this has been really interesting to think about my life in this linear process. And learn and understand that we're all just trying to do our best. Right. And we are all that was another thing. Everyone was so positive in their looking back on their life. And they all came from such different backgrounds in what they were offered in life as they came to this earth and what they've done with it. Wow. Bruce Drake talking about the restaurant industry. Pito talking about what, how to coal mine. You know, Les Stapleton talking about... Cage fighting. When cage fighting. <laughs> he was hysterical. I, mean, I, I loved mean, there's him. just so many things. And I that man learned... has lived 20 lives. Yes. <laughs> He's lived 20 I mean, lives. We've learned a little bit about a lot, of, just, a lot of life. I think that if everyone understood how much they could learn from another human being, they would listen better. Yeah. And never assume their story. That was yeah. another thing. I walked into oh, I so like many that. of our conversations yeah. of assumption. I wish I could think of one right now that didn't 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 wow me. That's my word for the day. And I, I can't think of one. So the other day, Kelly and I were meeting with the photographer for the book. She came up the steps and into the Kelly studio and she saw all of the faces and it I mean I thought it was gonna knock her down the steps. Like it awesome. blew her away. And she just said, This is a community. One of the overarching themes of all of this is how community has saved so many people. You know, so for example, Pedo, the coal miner, when we were in Eastern Kentucky in Varney, he left and went to Conyers, Georgia to work at a Nissan dealership with a family member. And life was good, everything was convenient, and they didn't like it. When they moved to Conyers, it took him two years before he even met their next door neighbor. And he said in Martin County, it would have been two days. I remember him talking about how if your kid did something wrong, you knew it the next day. Like everybody knew everybody. The heart to tell you. But what I loved is that not only did he, his whole family, his kids missed it. His wife missed it. Community is what we all yearn for. And I don't know if it kind of goes back to sort of the moral animal and the fact that we're all sort of herd bound. I just know that we really need other people to help us survive. So, I mean, I got to think about, I love Clayton Mullins, and after he's told this unbelievable story, he said, my mom and my church community saved me. Mm-hmm. I think about the Stewart Home and School mm-hmm. and, uh, and Caroline Mason and Dr. John Stewart, who we covered. We covered yeah. two people from that organization. And it is a school in outside of Frankfort, Kentucky, for special needs adults. Five generations. Five generation of John Stewart's four yeah. were doctors, and he's one, and he's now the director. I mean, I and remember walking, and we were walking with him, and he was giving us a tour of the, of the campus, and that man walked up to him and started talking to him. Hey, you know... Uh, like a brother. Yeah, Dr. Yeah. Stewart, hey! And he walked away from us to address him personally yeah. and yeah. Have, a per- have a one-on-one conversation yeah. and gave him his full attention. And they're all different ages and stages and ranges and different you know, um, needs and, and disabilities. And, but it is her family and she really has grown in in confidence. 
And I think she has dreams just like everybody. And that's been another yeah. theme that you were talking about, Jill. They, no matter where they started out in life, they all have, we all have dreams. We all yeah. have goals. We all have things we want to achieve, whether we're aware of them or not. And just through their grit and determination, they've all worked really hard to get to that point. Or if they didn't work out, it redirected them in the direction that they yeah. were supposed to be. Yeah. The life pivot. Like, there's so many pivots. pivots. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, Marcos came from a small, very um, impoverished community, mm-hmm. and he is now a multi-restaurant owning in Lexington. I'd say there's two things that I've heard. One is support from someone who loved them. Mm-hmm. The other is work. Everybody who's, who's achieved their dreams, they attribute it to hard work. There's this sort of flip side to that, which is so many of the hard workers then sort of regret not having enough time with their families. Yes. But I also love like kind of those in the family themes, like the tough love themes that sort of like Bruce Drake is one that, I mean, you know, his dad, they were working him on the farm. I've been listening to all these stories. There's some sort of support there, but sometimes there's, What's that with Ann Vegas? I mean, she inherited the uh, opportunity to run Kentucky Eagle. Eagle. Yeah. She no. didn't have to do and it. And back when she took it too, women, or what did she say she was she always She was with... one of four women beer distributors in the country. In the country. And so they would go to these conferences and it would just be her and these three other women and the rest were the Bud Girls. And what did she say? The, oh, she said the Budweiser, <laughs> the execs, when she got the job, they like flew in their private jet to Lexington and they sat down with her and they said, they called her Little Lady. Yeah. They said, what are you planning to do with this little, little lady? La- little lady. So that right there shows a tenacity on her part that she just probably yeah. had the yeah. nerves on the back of her neck stood up and she rose to that occasion and said, I'm going to show you. But I will tell you that every single person who, who has done well through work has struggled with the family life healthy balance and they all have regrets. But at the same time, they've all figured it out along yeah. the way. Yeah. If you have the community and you have the support. And there are people who come to us from all different walks of life and who share in this project. And everyone just wants to own their own dignity. Um, I think one of the reasons this project has been so well received is that people want to be known. I mean, there's a Zulu term, and I reference it in one of the narratives in the book, Zawabona, and it, it means I see you. Yeah. Not just your face, of course your face, mm-hmm. like Kelly's beautiful paintings, mm-hmm. but also your hopes, your dreams, where you came from, and where you're going. And I have learned from this project that that is what all of us as humans want. We just want to be known and understood. I, I, I'll go back to um, Bill Grimes. We have to be each other's keeper, and we are, and it goes, again, back to all of our connectedness. We're all walking this planet together. We're all doing the best we can, one step at a time, and to acknowledge each other, to hear each other, appreciate each other, and not judge one another. Yep. We're not responsible for where we came from. We're responsible for where we're going and how we're doing it. Perfect. Let's go drink. Awesome. Okay. Thank you. All right.